You're listening to Rust Belt Running. Running is what makes me realize that, like, I'm a human being who is worth something. That is not a good measurement of my value as a human. We get between eight and 10,000 additional comments, and I read every one of them. So you had to run Sand Run for your first. You become race director and take it out. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's got to be old guy naked in the locker room. I, I get to spend time with my friend Adam. I get to do something with my friend. Right now, I'm not thinking much beyond what I'm going to be drinking next week at this time. Coleslaw on a taco is not taco, it's barbecue. And so we'll be discussing tonight with some occasional swear words from Andrew because he's upset. And that's okay. I know him as the biggest Kid Rock fan around. You rap that. <laughs> oh, dear God. You're listening to Rust Belt Running. I'm Adam Wheeler. You can find me on social media at WheelsUpNCLE. Joined, as I always am, by Andrew Hedinger, who you can find on social media at Andrew Runs a Lot. We're Rust Belt Running, as I said. Our social media handle is Rust Belt Running. Imagine that. Right. Simple, basic. Today, we're going to talk about some of the fallout from COVID and something that specifically refers back to running, which is colleges all over the country facing financial shortfalls, uh, starting to cut, among, amongst other things, cross-country programs, track programs. And uh, one of the people we love talking about on this podcast is Steve Magnus, and he is a Houston, uh, University of Houston track and cross-country coach, and he had an interesting article just providing some insight into that uh, and why maybe such decisions are missing the mark in terms of helping out colleges for balancing the budgets. Before we get into that, though, let's just catch up. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I ran – well, I, first, uh, the, my best accomplishment of this week was making it all the way to the start of this podcast um, with your technical issues. Jesus. Um, holy smokes. Uh, but apart from that, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. I uh, I ran 10 miles over the weekend. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, first double-digit run since uh, Glass City. And uh, ran into friend of the pod, Andrea Sanchez. Yeah. That was, that was cool. So, uh, yeah, seeing her. I saw her. Uh, she was on her way out. I was on well, – I guess we were both on our way out. We crossed paths. And I just kind of waved. I think it took her a second to realize, like – kind of took us a second to realize that we were who we were. And uh, and then happened to actually catch her at a crosswalk. Uh, so she was stopped, and I was able to, you know – take them up and that's what's i that's one thing i like about not training is being able to you know take that moment like take five minutes in the middle of a run to just stop and talk to somebody right you know yeah, like you, that something you don't do when you're in like the throes of a long run because you're like i'm not gonna let myself recover for five minutes that i mean that defeats the purpose yeah yeah it's like you're so locked into whatever pace you're on and once you got a rhythm going you don't want to stop so it is nice when you're just kind of getting out and running and there's no real rhyme or reason behind it than just simply running you don't have to worry about kind of doing some of those little extra things being social stopping if you want yeah um, yeah yeah i do like that um i'm trying to think if there's anything else cool not really it's <laughs> as always it's, there's not much going on nope i'm i'm good uh so how about you you uh yeah i'm i'm good i'm uh you need yeah. a new computer i do 
I don't, I don't know what the issue was because it was letting me get to the point where I could get into Zoom, but it wouldn't let me actually join the meeting. I'm gaining a new appreciation for the people that are now having to work from home and just some of the shit they've got to deal with because I don't get to do that. I don't work from home, so I haven't really experienced any of that, but you know how many people had to be just ripping their hair out in March and in April when all this started? <sighs> yeah, that had to be awful. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. It's, it's kind of like you, like there's not a whole lot going on and, you know, we're transitioning into fall and it sucks because fall is like my favorite time of year. But a lot of what has always gone into that has been, there's usually a fall race coming up in the next month right. or so. And that's not going on right now. Although well, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. What are you going to say? I was just going to say, although, not that I'm going to run this race, but I was telling you just before we got on, I got an email today from the Canalway Partners who put on the Towpath Trilogy series of races, which is where I have my half marathon PR. And they they got approval to do their event in October uh, live in person. It's going to be a 10K, a half marathon, and a marathon. They uh, indicate in their email that they had their plans reviewed by the Calgary County Board of Health. It falls in line with Governor DeWine's orders on public sporting events. So um, they do, you know, caution that, you know, if there's a spike in cases or something going on, that it, there's still the possibility it could be made virtual, but we might actually have a local live race in the next month, which is, it's exciting and weird and somebody's going to have to go and try it out. So it's going to be interesting to see what that looks like if it happens. I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, I'm I, sorry. I know. I remember now. So I, uh, having a delivery, I, I, I've talked about how I deliver copiers for a living. Um, I, I go to work earlier than offices open so I can be there when they open. Right. So I was up and since I knew it was going to be warm today, I put shorts on and cause I am allowed to wear like, you know, shorts, dress shorts. <laughs> I don't know. Shorts. And, uh, I walked outside and it was 39 degrees and it made me think so much. It's funny how all these things happen and it, it makes you kind of, it's that sensory memory. And it's when that cold, that cold air hits my legs. It reminds me of walking to a cold start line. Yeah. And that was the like f first feeling I had uh, this morning. And it just, you know, especially with this week, I guess this is going to kind of um, alter the outline slightly. Uh, with this week being Akron Marathon Race Week, uh, where it would typically be held in Akron on Saturday, that was just extremely melancholy. And, wow. um, you know, one, one sensory thing I want to talk about for a quick second is the Akron Marathon's done an awesome job with some of their merchandise they've come out with with this Blue Line remix. Some of the yes. stuff they're allowing you to purchase, they've had some, they've had some fun with it. Um, like they have one that is a couple of porter potties and it says i'd rather be standing in line at a porter potty at stan hewitt yes i saw that which, it's fantastic is awesome and you know there is one really gross thing that i miss so bad when you were standing at the start line there is a smell of sweat and <laughs> yep. icy hot and icy hot and toilet chemical from yep. the porter potties and farts like it all comes together and makes this one weird smell that is not pleasant, but my God, do I miss it? It's, it's, 
It's the smell of anticipation. Yes, it's race morning smell. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, um, I've done a little, just a little added decorating in my apartments. I have, I'll just send you a picture because you would dig this. Well, I have, you had um, to because your apartment flooded. Yeah, we don't need to get into that. That wasn't too bad, <laughs> but God, that was annoying. But no, I, so I have um, above where like I have my dining table on the wall. I made it like my Cleveland wall. And so I have a picture. I have this huge picture. It's like Cleveland, Ohio sports. So I have a huge picture of the final. It's like the stance before the final play of the 2003 um, Ohio National Championship game over Miami. I have two editions uh, of the Cleveland Plain Dealer from the day the Cavs won the final framed. Well, I was trying to find a couple of pictures of uh, a couple of games that friends and I have gone to, like Baker Mayfield's first win and a few other things. So I was going through my photos within the past few days. And as I was going through old photos, I found a picture that I took from Brandywine Ski Resort back when the Towpath Half Marathon started there, when they were running it through the actual Calga Valley. And I just remember seeing this picture and just, I had instantly the same sort of sensory memories that you're describing. Like I could think about how cold it was that day. Um, I could think about just that, that race line start line smell that you're talking about um just how cold it is like when you finally get to the point where it's like all right i gotta check my bag and go get in line so like you know you get down to your race attire and it's you know we were talking october in ohio and i think the particular race that happened that day was like a high of like 40 degrees so you know when you're out there at like 6 a.m it's probably below freezing at that point and just all those sensory memories came back and i just i found myself just so damn sad that that's not going to happen this year yeah. because it's what I live for. Two years ago, I was peaking for my marathon PR at Columbus. Like I was a month out and just all that anticipation that you spend all summer building for is just, it's just not there this year. And it's awful. Well, today I, for work, I was actually in Akron and I was downtown. And so I saw um, parts of the blue line. I, that's not like new to me. I see that all yeah. the time. I mean, I yeah. live in Canton. I do go to Akron. Um, like I was in Akron running on Saturday for that 10 miler. I, uh, so it's not like the blue line is like a myth to me and I see it every now and then, but this week to see it and yeah. like understanding, cause like race week itself has a feel like mm -hmm. every day does. And, yes. uh, you know, I, I, as I saw, even though it was on the East side where it no longer, uh, runs, it doesn't go through campus anymore. Um, for the University of Akron, which we're going to talk about. Um, but uh, it does, it, um, it still just brought back so many good memories for me. And I just thought, I'm like, man, this does not feel like the Tuesday of race week. I, um, back when I was running in the spring, there are parts of the towpath that have just been added up in like right in downtown Cleveland that have just only recently opened the last couple of years. And I hadn't run any of them yet. So on the day that the Cleveland marathon would have been run. I had planned to run up there. And, uh, you know, so I was running and all of a sudden I found myself, I'm like, Oh shoot, this is, this is Columbus Avenue. Like I was on part of the Cleveland marathon course. And I'm like, you know, I, I could probably just take this a little bit further down and I could get up to where the start line is. And so I ran down there and just kind of improvised the second half of my run, but I was standing right where you get off the Detroit bridge to go right down the finish line. Like I was staring down what would have been the finish corridor 
and had the race actually happened, like I would have been looking at like the aftermath of what would have been the finish line where like everybody's cleared out, but still, you know, all the porty potties are still up and kind of all the race, you know, the race finish attire would have still been out. And it was such a surreal feeling to realize like in an alternate universe, like people would have been wrapping up the race that day. And instead it was just downtown was desert. I mean, it was deserted then and downtown still largely is deserted because so many people are still working from home. And it's, yeah, it's just so weird to be around those race places during the week of a race where it's just not happening. We're just, you know, it's just not happening this year. Well, this is a fun way to start. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, let's talk about happy things with Akron yeah. real quick. Let's give yeah. Akron a little bit of happy light. Then we're going to move on to something fun. From the interwebs. And from the interwebs. And I'm going to try, I'm going to try to tell a great story of a video. Um, and hopefully I can do it justice. And then we're going to talk about it. And then we're going to talk about other shit. That's going to be more happy shit, I'm sure. Um, so, Acro Marathon, it, you know, as I was driving around today, I, I had so many flashbacks. And as I was on the towpath on, uh, on Saturday, I had so many flashbacks to last year. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if, like, if our listeners don't know, Akron last year was my first full marathon in shit. What did it have been? Three years? Yeah, I think it was three years. Something Just, like that. Yeah. Yeah, 2016. 2016. You didn't run in 2017, right? Uh, I'm looking back at my medals. I'm trying to remember. I don't think I ran a full in 2017. Now, 2017 was the year I was dizzy. Yeah. So, yeah. So, no, I didn't run any fulls, and I didn't run any in 20. Okay, yeah. So, it was my first full in, like, three years. Um, and it was my first of two in a three-week period because I ran Columbus a few weeks after. And Akron was, last year, just any time I drive on any portion of the blue line, whether it's the Y Bridge or if I'm on the west side and near Stan Hewitt or – uh, when I drive into downtown from the Y Bridge for work and I see where the half and full split, I'm always reminded that spot in particular of when I made that turn because where the half and full split is only about maybe three quarters of a mile from Canal Park, the Rubber Duck Stadium, where the finish yeah. line is. So you figure you're right about the halfway point. You're not even there yet and you're splitting off. And you know, you're, you're making a commitment at that point. And I remember being with, uh, with my friend, Mike Spangler, he, I was running with him and we, I made that left turn, not a, not a doubt in my, not a doubt in my mind. And, uh, you know, from that turn on, it's real, there's really been no looking back and running even through this pandemic. I mean, sure. I had some, you know, some kind of rough times of, you know, finding motivation, but, uh, as I think we all have. Uh, but I think taking some time for rest and all of that too. But like, just looking back at last year, there was so much that like pushed me and propelled me to help me be where I am now, which is out there enjoying it again for the sake of running and feeling better. And right. this has just always been a special week to me, whether I've run the race or not. And it's, it's really hard to not have it here, but you know, I'd be remiss if, if we didn't share something good and to those um, who were running this weekend, uh, 
best of everything if you're running this race virtually. Um, we said back when they canceled, if there's a race who can do it right, it's the Akron Marathon. And boy, have they. Uh, the, the Blue Line remix and all they've done with the Akron Running Project has just been amazing. So, um, yeah, just good luck to everybody. That's why you posted this on Friday. I have to post it on Friday now because I said that. Yeah, you could. Because um, it, it maybe you want to listen to this when you're going out. So, um, you know, I'll say I'll say this about Akron. I haven't run it yet. Um, the way my race schedules have always lined up was because I did Cleveland. I like to have a little bit of a longer build up to a fall race. So I've always run either the Towpath or Columbus because there was usually an added like three to four weeks by doing it that way. But you know, through the podcast, I have um, you know, talked to various people who, who, you know, you obviously, as well as various listeners that we've had on who've run Akron. Uh, we've had uh, two episodes that dealt, you know, in part with the Akron Marathon, episode 69 with Pharrell Wyatt and Nicole Guerrero David, uh, where they talked about the Akron Running Project. They obviously also talked about the Akron Marathon. And then last year, episode 28, we had then race director Brian Polin on. And I have, even though I haven't run Akron yet, I've run parts of the course because um, I will I will park down around Second Soul Akron in Calgo Falls. Yeah, I think I don't know if it's actually in Akron or Calgo Falls. It's like there's weird borders down there, but it's That's right like by the Fairlawn. Towpath. It's so weird. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's a bizarre area because weirdly enough, Brittany and I went hiking in Sand Run on uh, our vacation uh-huh. last week, and uh, I was like, I really want to move there. Now. Oh yeah, and, that's right. Yeah. And, but so as I'm looking at houses, just that I, not that we're doing it. So don't get too excited, Stephanie Itabrew and Andrea Sanchez and all you other people from that area. Um, uh, but I was just pricing out houses to see how like realistic it would be for us maybe in a few years to look to move to an area like that. And uh, yeah, it's like Fairlawn, Akron, everything in one i had no idea if it that area is awesome it's so close to everything yes and you don't realize it and yeah. that that was really where i was like okay we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna look into the feasibility in mind. Yeah. yeah but no, i just you know through through the context we have through this podcast i've i've talked to enough people you know that have run the race or are associated with the race that i really it's quickly jumped to near the top of my bucket list because just the energy around the race is just amazing. The people that are involved with the Akron marathon are clearly passionate about it. And, you know, you don't always get that with people about a race. You have people that will run races and they'll be like, yeah, you know, it's a fun race. It's a good race. But the, the people that run Akron love Akron. Dude. Like you can tell they can't wait to get back to Akron. So Akron, uh, even though I don't have Akron. memories. Yes. Like, so uh, I, one thing I noticed just a few weeks ago, and then I'm going to go to the fun from the interwebs so we can move on. But I, I told a friend this the other – I my friend uh, Drew went uh, bike riding next to me during my 10-miler the other day, and we were talking about how awesome um, the Akron Marathon is. And uh, he um, – I was telling him that I was on 77 North one day, and I was just, you know – checking out the sound barrier you know the big brick things on the side yeah. of the road yeah and you know they always make them kind of decorative it's like brick and then they put up like a picture of like the goodyear blimp like a carving of that or something right you know and there's all these things that are akron the whole way they have one for the akron marathon oh do they really yes and i'm like 
that's how big this is. Like this is up there with the Goodyear blimp and uh, those type. I mean, it's up there with LeBron James for Pete's sake. It is just that it's that woven into the fabric of the community. And that's what makes it so cool. I think that makes it really separates it from other races in Ohio where it has, it's the whole city really comes together for that. Columbus is great with it, but it still is different. As great as Columbus is with it, it's still different in Akron. It is so important to the entire city. I love mm-hmm. it. So, yeah. So we're going to do fun from the interwebs. This is, uh, this is new to us. It's only going to be the second one. Uh, what did we do uh, last episode? I can't remember. Oh, shoot. Yeah. I'm just trying to remember for context. Um, and there's a fruit fly in my office. So if you hear me clapping, I'm trying to get it. <laughs> um, from the interwebs was, oh, it was the, it was the running. Actors running. Oh, and how actors very bad running. They, how very bad they are at it. So this isn't necessarily running related today, nope. but I saw a video uh, on Twitter that I thought was absolutely hilarious. And I sent it to Adam and I have some questions about it. Um, but it's a, it's a gentleman who I can't tell if he is do, if he is a DIYer, uh, a do it yourselfer, or if he is like an arborist that somebody found on Facebook marketplace but he's cutting down a tree in somebody's front yard that must be 60 feet tall. Oh yeah. It's, it's tall. It's and big. as soon as it starts to fall, you just hear him in the background. No, God damn it. And you see the tree <laughs> begin to fall and it falls nearer and nearer the house. And it hits the house, and as soon as the thunder of the tree hitting the house goes around, then you just hear him go, fuck! What the fuck? <laughs> and it is the funniest thing in the entire world to me. And I don't know his, re- his initial reaction of, no, goddamn. It's like he was trying to save the tree with his goddamn it, and it didn't work. But my, I think my biggest question is, this was like a crowded neighborhood. Um, maybe not like mine in urban Canton. Or, yeah, urban Canton. Um, where we're stacked on top of one another. But, uh, it, you know, the homes aren't on a ton of land. Wherever he fell this tree. Yeah, anywhere it was going to go <laughs> was going to be rough. That is one thing that you leave to the professionals i will i will youtube and diy anything i just fixed a muffler on my wife's car with a thing i found on amazon for 10 bucks i will do anything cutting down a tree especially of that height that dude was asking for it my dad has this obsession with taking down trees and, uh, you know, my parents live, they, they live out in the country. They're on five acres. So there's, there's no other houses around them, but they have this really nice kind of side yard that has any number of, of fairly old trees. The house, is, the house was built before the Civil War. So there's some old trees around there. And every once in a while, like there's been a few that real have died. America. Yeah, real America, back when it was great. Um, 
But, you know, so, like, there have been any number of trees that, like, maybe have had some dead branches or something, but there'll be trees where he's like, I want to take that tree down. And you look, and, like, this tree has to be, you know, a solid, like, 80 feet tall. And you start looking around, like, Dad, there's a power line that runs across from there, <laughs> and the house is right there, and there's all those trees there. Like, where exactly do you think you're going to fell this thing that it's not going to take something out? Because it's, it's not like my dad is Mr. Lumberjack. Like, sure, when you're on five acres and you want to take something down, if it's not near a building or a car, you've got wiggle room. You screw up. It's not the biggest of deals. But it's like, this is a side yard where the tree is within probably 30 feet of the house and power lines. It's like, Dad, mm, you're in your 70s, man. Why, why don't you just let that one go? Just, it's okay. It, it'll be good. Yeah, leave that one to the professionals. Yeah, yeah. Like they got cherry pickers and patience and skill and life-saving equipment, and they're bonded and insured. That is not what I'm doing on my own. My the, uh, the whole no, god damn it thing. Oh has, yeah, it's in my house now. Like it is, it is a uh, <laughs> when something is about to go wrong, um, good or bad, or fun like funny or actually bad that's that's what's happening and i my wife and i were in stitches over one the other night i can't remember the context but i said it and we were just dying it was one of those where she started laughing because i put it in the perfect context and she was laughing so hard that i started laughing really hard and it was just this like reciprocal thing where we just kept laughing exponentially harder because the other one was laughing harder it was great i uh at my last coaching stop in ravenna the backup goalkeeper that i coached um was this kid who was super athletic but he was so athletic that he would sometimes like be ahead of where he needed to be like he would react almost too fast and the result was that his safe technique could get clumsy and he sometimes would like miss the catch and he would save the ball with his face and um, we would call him Scott Sterling. And there's a lengthy explanation to that that I won't waste listeners' time on. I can post a link on our Instagram story. I'll send you the link, Andrew, because you would think this video is funny. Um, <laughs> but I had one of those moments where um, I, I was in practice, and he was, like, out of the goal, like, off to the side. And I was working out, like, the main goalkeeper. And I was just trying to hit, like, a really long sort of chip shot to try to beat the goalkeeper. Well, I hit the ball, and as soon as I hit it, like as soon as it comes off my foot, it's the same sort of thing with this guy with the tree. I know that I've hit it wrong, but I can't get out, like I can't get Carter's name out of my mind. So it's the same thing. I'm like, oh, 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 shit, no, no. And like finally after the third or fourth no, I finally get Carter's name out, but it's too late for him to react and actually like not get hit in the head. So it's just by the time I get Carter's name out after the no, God damn it, no, he's turned and it's just, ball right to face down goes Carter luckily he had a head of granite so he was fine but it was the same exact thing ah uh, you know what would help with getting hit in the head Andrew I think I know where you're going with this <laughs> CBD products <laughs> I'm sure it would help with that uh no in all seriousness in all seriousness um we are big fans of Charlotte's Web CD products, uh, CBD products, because and their CD they products, are and their CD products. Yes, they're bringing <laughs> they're bringing the old technology back. Uh, no, we are. You and I both talk a lot about recovery and how it's vital to keeping runners healthy over the long haul of training. 
And so uh, we want to talk a little about Charlotte's Web and their CBD products. Now, before we do, we must point out that the statements we're going to make have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Uh, the products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yeah, so since I've started taking uh, Charlotte's Web CBD products, I have really been blown away. Uh, the hemp extract, hemp extract infused CBD oil, uh, it's been a godsend for me. Uh, it's helped me manage normal everyday stresses, uh, supporting a sense of calm, focus. It, that may not show up during the podcasts. That's just exhaustion at this point. <laughs> but uh, I've really noticed I feel calmer. Uh, I feel more rested. And I, I, I've noticed I, I wake up a little more refreshed. Yeah, and I, I've loved their hemp extract infused recovery gummies. Uh, they help maintain joint mobility. They support healthy uh, recovery from exercise induced inflammation. Um, I know the day after back when I was still running and, and I'm slowly going to be getting back into it again, that when I wake up the day after a harder workout, I'm less stiff, I'm less sore, and I really feel ready to tackle uh, that day's running. Yeah, I think that's the big thing. After my first 10 miler in what, four months, five months, um, I really like I didn't, I felt it more immediately after my run than I did, you know, after laying down for a little bit when I got home. Like it, it really does help keep me fresh. And yeah, I love it. So check out um, Charlotte's Web at uh, cwhemp.com. You can try any of their products for 15% off using uh, discount code RBRCBD at checkout. Uh, you can also check it out at rustbeltrunning.com slash CBD. So on to some fun-ish stuff for tonight. We're going to hit our topic. Um, but to bring it in, uh, it happened. It happened. Ohio State football, as quickly as it was gone, it has returned. Yeah. Justin Fields will throw another pass. And hopefully Chris Olave breaks the right way so that we can enjoy some, oh. holy shit, that schedule. We are going to win every game by 60. <laughs> yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really interesting to see, to see how teams adapt to this now because that's like you don't get your usual sort of preseason whoop-up on the Mac schedule. But, man, the Big Nebraska Ten. week one. It's the I same know. thing. Dude, I don't think it matters. It should be. For us right now, I, I really don't – I don't think it matters. I think Ryan Day has this team so primed. I think this team is so pissed off at everything right now. Between how last season ended and how this season is beginning, I think this team – and they've continued to practice. They have not gone anywhere. Right, right. Like, Wyatt Davis and Sean Wade le left for like an hour and came back. And uh, Ryan Day has this team mentally on a completely different level than I've seen before. And uh, I know this coming from an Urban Meyer hater, but I don't know. A, I don't know that you could disagree with it. We're not going to debate anything, but I believe personally Ryan Day is his team on a completely different level. And going into this schedule that really has two games that might not be three touchdown victories, and we don't play Purdue at, in Purdue, <laughs> which that's always a good thing. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't see how we don't win every game by two scores or 
50. I, I just don't. This is going to be so interesting. It's going to be an interesting march to the college football playoff. I love the shorter season, too, with no buys or anything. I feel like that keeps the attention span better. Maybe fewer letdowns, less chances of us going to Illinois and getting beat by three points for some fluky reason. I just, oh, I can't, I can't wait. I can't. Are you not going to say anything? I don't know what to say. We'll Is it? I mean, I'm, I'm, we're talking about this, but Notre Dame just had to cancel their game. Ah. Players test positive. Did you not see? I highlighted something. I put it in big red bold letters. There's an elephant in the room. It's great they're going to be back. I don't know what? why we're pretending that this isn't going to have issues. We don't need to debate it, but I'm excited. What do you want? I'm excited, uh, and we're heading into fall where cases are ticking up. So uh, I well, hope it all goes well. Well, if you aren't a ray of sunshine. What? Why do we need to be a ray of sunshine and not be realistic? We've been realistic on every episode for six months. We can't exactly fuck off for a little bit. I mean, I'm excited. I really am excited. But I mean, I'm sitting there in a bar with my dad today, and I see breaking news: Notre Dame came canceled, which kind of sucks because without the buys, I wonder how that's all going to work out. Yeah. You know what I'm looking forward to most with this Big Ten schedule as it's set up right now? is that they're not just doing a championship game. Okay, here, thank you for actually talking about something football-related with it. <laughs> I love that they're going to do an even matchup between every team in each division based on their rankings. So there's not only going to be one versus one on championship Saturday, there's going to be... Rutgers versus Purdue. <laughs> a bull... <laughs> A de facto bowl game to see who the worst team in the Big Ten is. Yeah, I wonder how I, how hard like that has to be. You know, you usually put like a card of fighters for like a boxing card or UFC or whatever. You want like right. anticipated last. Obviously, you're gonna want Ohio State versus Wisconsin, Minnesota, or Iowa um, to be the prime game the the headliner but dude the one below yeah, that sure. has to be seven versus seven because there has to be so much pride in those kids saying we cannot lose this one <laughs> like or it's just gonna be my, my, total clusterfuck and it's just gonna be comical to watch i liked your idea you, my, you you sent me an idea oh yeah what that game should be yeah this I was just gonna. I was just gonna bring this up that I saw somebody make the suggestion that <laughs> what should happen is the loser of that game should be demoted to the MAC, and the winner of the MAC conference should be promoted to the Big Ten, like they do in European soccer with promotion and relegation. <laughs> Sorry, Purdue, you've been weighing this conference down for too long. We're promoting Bowling Green. And sorry, Michigan. No, no, it's Toledo. Would it be to, it's like, I, I don't even know who's good in the back. 
I know Frank Solich is still the coach at Ohio University, which is funny because he used to be the Nebraska coach. And God, if there's one school I don't imagine thinking of with with football, it's Ohio U. Um, God, yeah, who is good in the MAC anymore? I think of Bowling Green because that's where Urban Meyer coached for a bit. I think Toledo um, can be decent. Oh, oh, I, I it's it's one of the Michigan teams. It was what Western Michigan was good for a while because they C- um, Central Michigan was really good when they had a. Uh, who was Minnesota's uh, coach? Who did he coach? I think oh, it was Western Michigan. No, it was Central Michigan. Yeah, PG. Was it Central? Yeah, back when row the, Yeah, back row when Central boat? Michigan was really good that year. What is it? Row yeah. the boat or something or He has he's got the oar. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the oar on his hat and people are like, "Isn't it weird to be coaching at a Big 10 school and have an oar on your hat like it's your own personal brand like that would be Urban Meyer going around wearing like his own personal brand at Ohio State. Like that's just weird to me." Yeah. What is his – it's got to be uh, – now I'm all curious if it's actually Rose. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on the Google. Grab your oar. Grab your oar. Grab your oar. Don't have to tell me twice. I mean, I, 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 mean, I actually like the idea, the, you know, the whole concept, like we're in this together, so grab your oar and get ready to oh. paddle. It's just weird for me yeah, to so, see a coach with his, like, his own personal brand. So – I guess grab the oars like it's called to his players, but like row the boat is like the team thing. So row the boat is okay. what okay. really started this whole thing. And I, he is, a, I mean, he's obviously a very good coach though. So as yeah, he's just a little, a little eccentric. So yes. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong. I don't mind eccentricity. Um. But so college sports, this obviously, you know, we've talked, um, we talked a few weeks ago about college football and all of that. But uh, anyway, here we are able to talk about it again in a little more positive light. I tried anyways. And, uh, but we, college sports in general have really taken a, uh, a pretty big hit. Um, it, it's everybody's kind of seen it coming. Uh, but really over the last couple of months, uh, we've seen uh, track and field teams, cross-country teams, uh, swimming teams, a lot of the Olympic sports being cut, uh, right. some, sometimes referred to as non-revenue generating. I, I had air quotes going there. Um, <laughs> non-revenue generating sports uh, being cut. And uh, we want to just spend a little bit of time, um, not a ton, but just talking about this adam had brought up this great steve magnus article um and adam why don't you just give us a a a quick little um some of the key points that you got from that as we begin to see uh more and more programs being cut at universities yeah well you know like i mentioned steve magnus um he is uh a he's the head cross-country coach at the university of Houston and he's I believe one of the assistant track coaches so he has a background in this and of course he does have a stake in it too Um, but he really he wrote a really good article that you forwarded to me uh, that that was interesting in that his contention is that cutting some of these non-revenue sports and I've also got air quotes going really (laughs) it really misses those right yes yes good air uh, it really misses the boat on a lot of things because one is that these programs, a lot of these you know smaller uh, programs that are referred to as non-revenue, they don't really 
end up costing a lot of money. Um, you know, something like cross country, you don't have really a whole lot in terms of facilities to maintain. You've probably only got one or two coaches, you know, think about it. You know, we're all runners are, you know, what do we need equipment wise besides uniforms and shoes? Um, you know, so you're not really necessarily cutting a lot of money out of the budget. You know, it, it's a drop in the bucket compared to football. And this isn't to knock football. Andrew and I obviously really love football. But football at a place like, say, the University of Akron, where they cut their you know, track and field uh, program, Akron is, you know, football at Akron is expensive. They pay, you know, a multi-million dollar contract to the coach, not to mention assistant coaches. You have to keep up the facility, and they often aren't able, you know, the programs don't make any money. Most, most athletic departments in the country don't make money. Ohio State's one of the few that does. And so a lot of times these programs, these big football programs that really suck a lot of money out of sports budgets don't even draw even. And, um, and yet you don't see football programs being cut. You see some of these smaller programs and it's, it's easy to make the argument. And this is, this is where Steve Magnus starts talking about. It's easy to make this argument that, well, you know, you got to stick with the sports that are a little bit bigger and, and um, you know, maybe draw fan attention. You know, you can still find Mac football on, TV. If you start flipping around some of the ESPNs on any given Saturday, you don't see you don't see a lot of the you don't see a lot of the smaller programs getting that sort of TV coverage. But you know, one of the things Steve Magnus brings up is, you know, why why specifically do we assume that cutting these smaller programs is the way to go? You know, those athletes still bring something to the school. They still get a lot out of the experience of being athletes. Um, if athletes at a smaller program like a tracker cross-country program uh, if they don't have their scholarships fully covered and a lot of times those programs don't have every athlete covered by scholarships um, you know they still bring in money through tuition they gain very valuable experience um, and and you know Magnus kind of makes this not just this hey you know we need to have sports at these schools he makes this case that is really a case that I would make which is that there's a lot that athletes gain out of being athletes you know, learning through competition, meeting people that are from different backgrounds, competing with them, coming together to, you know, work towards a goal. And Magnus brings some interesting situations up, clearly situations that he's experienced or his athletes have experienced. He talks about, you know, runners being out and one of the runners who happens to be black, you know, running with his running shorts on and not wearing a shirt and being stopped by a cop asking like, hey, there was reports of a burglary in the area. What do you know about that? As if a guy running shirtless down the road clearly has to have stolen something. And he talks about how like that was eye-opening for other runners on his team to see this and be like, oh, this isn't something I would typically experience. So, you know, it, it comes down to this question of what is the role of college sports? Is it specifically there to make money? In a lot of cases, they don't anyway. Or are college sports and college in general really there to kind of serve as a is a, a time of growth for the athletes, for the students. I think it's very clear uh, by a lot of these university decisions um, what sports are there for. Uh, and yeah. I think what you and I believe they are there for uh, is not the same uh, as what the universities believe they are there for. Right. One, one thing that baffles me is as we've gone through this pandemic, um, when they were talking about bringing, you know, they're talking about high school football, you know, that, that was a big thing we, that was talked about. I mean, we heard it on 
um, our sports radio. We heard about it, you know, on Facebook. We heard about, like, oh my gosh, these kids have to be out there and learn how to, like all the life lessons. They're talking about all the life lessons that these kids learn playing high school football. Yeah. That's legit. Yeah. Like, so I coach. And, you know, we're talking about, in that sense, we're talking about, you know, postponing a season uh, for health safety reasons. Right. Here, we're talking about um, canceling it for good for all kinds of other reasons. And I think one thing that this uh, this pandemic has done and it sucks is it's given a lot of very powerful people to get out of jail free card. Yep. And that sucks. Uh, I, uh, I have seen a lot of people at my employer furloughed. I was furloughed at one point and I've seen people let laid off permanently. Um, and we've gone through a whole restructure thing in general. And it, there were times throughout the pandemic that I, 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 commended my employer for trying to do the right thing and i think that was the 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 small group the group here in canton ohio trying to do the right thing uh but you see the larger corporate structure the the people who are rich and powerful they don't give a fuck and uh it's just very apparent and i think we see the same type unfortunately none of them listen to this um but i think it's the same type of thing we see in uh college sports um, Clayton Murphy uh, was a bronze medalist uh, back in 2016 uh, for the United States in track and field. And he went to the University of Akron. Well, the University of Akron had announced that they were cutting cross country altogether. Well, Clayton Murphy ran track and field and cross country at the <laughs> University of Akron. Yeah. Uh, they, ha they had used his picture in like marketing for recruiting and for i guess whatever else you would market track and field and cross country for you know pictures in the city because i mean it's a city school it's you know you have branding and marketing everywhere um well he had he's actually broken ties and demanded that they stop using his image because after they had announced that they were cutting cross country uh, Clayton Murphy was able to like rub two dimes together and come up with enough money to sustain the program for 10 years, which the university of Akron uh, gladly turned down. And, um, the, their reasoning for turning down 10 years of cross country, um, was that UA faces the incredibly daunting task of reducing its annual expenditures by at least $65 million. I don't, I just don't understand it. I, I don't either. I don't understand how paying for the program for 10 years helps you reduce, <laughs> turning that down helps you right. reduce. You're already extremely over, yet, the president of the university can spend like a hundred thousand dollars to redecorate it of university money to redecorate his house. I'm looking right now. I had heard about Clemson football's um, locker room. Uh -huh. And so I wanted to find this cause I wanted to make sure I had this figure out. Right. They had a $55 million 
remodel of their locker room to try to attract recruits. Now, okay, I, I get that. That seems like a lot of money, but I get it. But tell me what an indoor slide, bowling alleys, and a miniature golf course have to do with hmm. football. Hey, I understand. I understand those things are cool. Yeah. Well, and but, let's not just shit on Clemson. I mean, let's let's oh hop no, on let's, seven. Let's hop on seventy one South and go down to Columbus. I mean, for real, it's oh all no. over me. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, one. You know, you could argue that one of the reasons that a school like Clemson does that is because Alabama remodeled, and then you know Alabama had done it in response to somebody else. There's there's very much a keeping yeah. up with the Joneses sort of aspect to the mm-hmm. really big programs. And yeah, no, Ohio State is not at all removed. <laughs> from that I it's think if, just it's one of the if you were to take the name Buckeyes and Ohio State away from a lot of what happens at the university I think you and I would feel very differently about oh, a lot of things oh 100 especially in the um, athletic department you know it, it, it's it's simply one of those things that comes back to then you know what what is the role of college sports and what is it there for? And I don't, you know, not just football, but all college sports, you know, if you want to go to a college like Ohio state, let's face it. Most of the kids that go to Ohio state or a Clemson or a Alabama to play football, they're there to try to make it professionally. Now, maybe right. some of them don't think they're going to get there. They just want to enjoy the experience at a big school and they have the talent to do that. But a lot of these guys, they have designs on at least seeing if they're capable of making it to that level. What are the things that get you there, though? You know, good facilities. You know, you need to have the equipment to do it. Um, Good coaching, obviously. You know, is there a situation where everybody's got to be willing to say, like, hey, it'd be cool. I mean, shit, man. I mean, would I think it'd be great to be able to go bowling at my, you know, at a school's locker room? Sure, it'd be fun. Is it absolutely necessary? And, you know, you you made that point earlier that this pandemic gave people a lot of of get-out-of-jail-free card. You know, a lot of this, like, well, this is the way we've always done it. What are we supposed to do? Well, you know, why is it fair to ask athletes that aren't playing, you know, at the majors, you know, playing major sports to just be like, sorry, guys, you lose out because we got to make sure that football players, basketball players are able to make sure that they get their facilities and their games as if their experience is more meaningful than everybody else's. And it right. just, that, that rubs me such a wrong way because, I mean, you and I are both runners and you and I have talked on this podcast extensively about how many ways running has helped us and shaped us over the years. Just, you know, just being road runners, maybe not on teams, but just the experience of road running. And then you add the team aspect into, into, into it, which really speaks to me for all my years coaching. And it's like, I just, it rubs me the wrong way to be like, well, we've got to make sure we pour the money into these big sports. And if that screws some of the little guys over, oh, well, it doesn't even matter. It's, it's like it's because they're not entertaining. Just get rid of them. Like and that, be, and that oh. because like they can absolutely afford. Clayton Murphy proved they can afford to keep them. Clayton Murphy had the money for them. And here's what's weird about that. And they Bowling only Green? University of Akron only does one point five scholarships. Bowling for, Green cut their baseball program. Yeah. And alumni came together and raised the money yeah. to keep it going. I mean, within days, they had to save the program. So I, I would love to know why these two scenarios are different. Oh, University of Akron's a shit show. It just, and, you know, you brought up something else there, too, you know, that, you know, one of those sports, football's entertaining, track and field is not. I hate, I hate this, I hate this, uh, 
um, <clears throat> this way we kind of decide that some things are good and some things are bad or, you know, some things are worthy versus some things are worthless based on are they entertaining or they, do they generate money? Um, you know, you see this all the time in college, like people that will complain about like a liberal arts education. They're like, well, why would I want to go to college to learn stuff that isn't directly related to, you know, my major, my career, what I'm going to go into. And it, one, it's fair, you know, college is an investment. So if you're going to go to college, you know, you probably do want to make sure that you invest your money and your time in a way that is going to, you know, set you up to get a job and, and start a career afterwards. But man, you know, having been at a liberal arts school, some of the, some of the most meaningful classes to me are classes that I would not have otherwise taken and that probably have never benefited me in any sort of financial way, but have just simply made me more curious and more aware of the world around me, a world that maybe I didn't fully understand. Um, I was in, so I was a freshman when 9-11 happened. And I happened to be taking a course uh, in world history that started from Columbus landing in the new world and building all the way up to modern times. I hadn't gotten a course like that when I was in high school at all. So my concept of history was firmly American history, the American perspective of history. And after an event like 9-11, it's coming back, baby. It's coming. Um, <laughs> and I'll tell you what, man, like after an event like 9-11, just having a class where I could start to understand a little bit some of the pressures and some of the things that were going on elsewhere in the world that would have led to that event, not necessarily to, you know, make me sympathize with the people that perpetrate or anything like that, but just to simply help me realize like, Hey, there are a lot of other people in the world and a lot of different things go on around the world that we don't know about and they can still impact us. And it just, that experience as a freshman made me insanely curious about just things that I didn't know about. It hasn't put any money in my pocket, but I think it has benefited me in all sorts of tremendous ways. So I, I hate it when people go, well, football's entertaining. It's on ESPN. Track and field's not. So what? So why, why does that mean that a track and field athlete's experience is any less meaningful? It, it, in reality, it doesn't, but... It, yeah, but it, we make those value it, judgments. College but in this, yeah, in this alternate reality of rich and powerful that the ones who control it, it does matter. And uh, they're not entertained. They don't see other people entertained. Here's my thing. If the university of Akron is going to cut the cross country program because it's not entertaining and not revenue generating, and they have to do $65 million in, uh, in, in revenue cuts or whatever the fuck it is called. Uh, what, what do they call it? $65 million in expenditure cuts. Um, why do they have a football program? Like they draw like 13 people to their football games. Like it is insane. I, and I keep going to university background because I've followed a lot about much of what has gone on at that university over the years. They, they've cut educational programs. They have cut cross country. They cut baseball and brought it back. Uh, like a year or two later, and, and, but foot, don't touch, don't touch that football though. I, I understand TV contracts make the money as well, but it's it's all just it's fucked because it's all about entertainment. We see it with players protesting at sports. 
don't affect my entertainment. Right. You know, don't, don't, don't kneel. So you, you can't kneel during the national anthem freaking Kansas city. And uh, who did they open up the season against them on Thursday Houston. night? Yeah. Kansas city and Houston kneel at the at midfield before the national anthem and people boo. It's not about the national anthem and the flag. It's about your entertainment being slightly uncomfortable because you're having to face a situation you either are so defensive of or you don't want to face. And there's no other explanation for it. And it goes the same way when we're talking about cutting these smaller sports. It does nobody gets up in arms about it. When the Big Ten postponed their fall sports season, everybody talked about football. Nobody talked about soccer and cross country and field hockey. Right. And these other fall sports, it was all just Big Ten football. That was it. Because it's my entertainment. Out of sight, out of mind on the other shit. And it sucks. It sucks because that is a way to provide opportunity for kids. Look at some – I'll keep going back to Clayton Murphy. Clayton Murphy won an NCAA championship three times at the University of Akron and went on to become a Olympic medalist for the United States. Yeah. The, the University of Akron soccer team is incredible. They're not entertaining to me. And I'm sure they don't generate revenue, but look at their coach is, isn't he the coach of, hasn't he bounced around the MLS and he's now the coach of the U S men's national team? No, no, he's not. Uh, he, he coached one of the youth men's teams oh, uh, damn while, it. while he was at Akron. He's not the head coach. He's a guy that you'll always hear come up and. Oh, he came to the crew. Didn't he? He's at the crew right now. He coached in Portland. But, I mean, yeah, Caleb Porter was a hell of a college coach. Um, you know, won a national championship with them. Then he moved up to MLS. He's, he's a guy that is talked about as being a potential U.S. national team coach in the future. Um, one of the kids that I coached at my first coaching staff was actually the team manager when Caleb uh, Porter was there. So I got a little bit of insight into just how the program worked. And, I mean, just he built a great program. And, you know, Akron Market's the hell out of it. Cleveland, the, the Cleveland Akron area is one of the best soccer areas in the country and kids from all over the world come to Akron to play soccer. And that's awesome. I guess what I'm saying is it's an opportunity for all of those people that is actually being realized. Yeah. That they need to focus that energy on these other sports. Yeah, I mean, and actually, I, I've been. So I was in no way trying to shit on Akron soccer. I hope no, no, not at all. Out that way. No, it did not Akron at all. Akron soccer as an example. Yes. Of what can happen to yes. other sports because you have a guy who, I'm gosh, if he was the U.S. men's national coach, it, it, that argument would have held a lot more water. I'm but sorry. Uh, it's whatever. Air quotes. But no, I mean, and and building off of something you just said about how it builds the opportunities for kids to, you know, actually realize those things. I'm going to read something directly from this article from, from Steve Magnus that I think really kind of puts a capstone on it. Uh, Some of the proudest moments in my coaching career aren't victories or records, but moments of humanity moments where walls were broken down, where perspective was changed. It's the kids who grew up in a small town, never interacting with a black person, becoming deeply close and connected with one. 
It's seeing the elimination of prior prejudices and biases, ones that were a product of where they grew up more than what was in their hearts. It's when in the moment of one of your greatest successes, you take the focus off yourself and show humanity and compassion to your teammates. We're here to lean on each other when we need each other. You know, you just talked about the Chiefs in Houston, players that come from diverse, various backgrounds standing together and saying, we want to draw attention to this thing. Akron, a small school with a program where just the right coach came in, made it a powerhouse, and people from all over the world come together, play together, learn from each other. And that happens on teams. That's not like a kumbaya sort of thing. Like it legitimately happens on teams because it's the only way great teams can come together is for the players to get to understand each other and care about each other. And, you know, Akron is a perfect example there with soccer, where if those opportunities aren't there, those things don't happen. And Akron football isn't very good. So it's like, I'm not saying those kids don't deserve the Right, exactly. But it's not, you know, there's a lot of really good programs that Akron has had that don't involve football. Let's not shit on them. I I think one one thing you said, and I'll just kind of close this out with this, um, is you're talking about the – um, experiences these kids are able to get. I hate saying the word kids. I got to stop doing that. I know. Um, it makes me feel old. And, well, and I kept, I called you out once or twice on that one episode for calling Jonathan Cooper a kid. And um, uh, so I, I don't. I don't remember that. I went back and listened to it. <laughs> uh, still feel a victory lap. But uh, I, uh, you know, I think of these kid, these adults these student, these student athletes and um, what Steve was saying with how they gain these life experiences. You know, here we have a very, um, I mean, it's, it's no secret that uh, race relations have been tense over the last few months and uh, it's going to be a crazy week. A lot's going to change between now and the time this episode's published, I'm sure. Uh, and I, um, but you know, to, when people ask me, um, or, or I talk about kind of like what I believe in and kind of how I go about life, I, I try to love just a few things <laughs> and that's, I, I do, I always do what's right for my family, my neighborhood and my community. Those are like the three things I focus on. Uh-huh. And if I'm a better individual, I can better focus on those. So with what Steve Magnus is talking about with these kids getting better experiences with, you know, people of other backgrounds, uh, religions, races, you know, income differences, learning, I, you can learn how different white people live and, and see oh, yeah. something totally different, you know, and, and I think so if, if individuals are gaining those experiences and they're able to do more for themselves, their family, their neighborhoods, and their communities, these sports are providing a impact that is felt throughout our country. Uh, what, no matter how small that little corner of that person's community may be, if it's making an individual better, it helps these issues like what we're dealing with in Louisville right now and are continuing to deal with. 
may, maybe if we offered a, more opportunities, maybe Louisville wouldn't be boarded up ready for riots right now. Brianna Taylor deserves some fucking justice. And we're not going to get it. Yeah. Hey, Andrew runs a lot here. Um, just popping into this podcast episode uh, that we had recorded before the decision of Brianna Taylor and her uh, murderers came down that they would not be facing charges. Uh, one charge uh, against endangering her neighbors, uh, but not her own life. I just wanted to uh, let you know that we are not surprised, uh, but we are saddened by the decision of the grand jury in Louisville. Uh, our thoughts are with the family of Breonna Taylor and with the black community. Uh, to the black community, we stand with you. Uh, we'll continue to use our platform, no matter how small it may be, to be a voice for change. Uh, it's been far too long this fight has lasted, and we're with you to the end. So... Just understand that, and uh, we just ask that you continue to protest, donate to Vail Funds, uh, write your legislators, demand change, demand justice, and vote. Back to the podcast. Yeah. God, it always has to hit heavy. Thanks a lot, Steve Magnus. <laughs> I, like, seriously, all I can think about, though, is her. And how everything can somehow relate to how we can improve our world and make it better. And if keeping programs like cross country and track and field and swimming and gymnastics and these non-revenue generating Olympic sports can help to create some of those opportunities for engagement that can allow you to see the perspective of somebody else, income, color, religion whatever i think the two things that really stand out to me about it too is that it's it's in-person interactions Mm -hmm. and just with the world we're in now and just with the with technology being as available as it is i feel like way too many interactions or just our understanding of experiences are filtered through a screen where you know, we're seeing something on the news and not that these things aren't newsworthy, but you might see something on the news and it becomes very easy to start to filter it in terms of what it means, you know, and start ascribing, ascribing motives to something where you're not really talking to somebody who's experiencing it. Whereas with, when you're on a team, you're interacting face to face with these people, you know, you're truly learning about how they grew up and about how they think. And you might not agree with those things, but it's so much, the hard work needs to be done face to face. I think it's much harder to do it, but I think it's much more beneficial when you do it that way. And then two is that it's people coming together to work towards a common goal. And I, I feel like, again, it's very easy to separate people out online. You know, we can get our echo chambers built. You know, I only talk to certain types of people and, you know, I just kind of unfriend the others. And um, when you're working together face to face on something, you're working towards a common goal. The goal becomes more important than whatever might separate people. And I know that seems really Pollyanna, but it's true. It's, it's again, one of the reasons why I've loved coaching. I've done it almost my entire adult life. And so it's, it, 
yeah, you want to stop some of these things from happening, you have to have face-to-face -face interactions. And this is one of the very critical ways you can do it. And I think mm -hmm. it's just, I think it's just one of the things colleges should be about creating those experiences and, you know, find a way to make the revenue work so you can keep those, those sports, you know, it, it should be part of the college experience. Mm -hmm. It's what college is there for in my mind, not just simply to get through, earn a degree so I can go build a career. It's about being around other people who are different from you. I was about to bring up the cost of tuition, but we're out of time. Yeah, that's another so, <laughs> Wow, to get all the way through that and not bring up what a racket the cost of tuition is and how all these universities cry poor while they have massive TV deals and boosters pumping millions of dollars into their pockets and the freaking... <laughs> Oh my God. It was actually interesting because right around the time Stanford started cutting a bunch of their programs, I think it was again, Steve Magnus who said, doesn't Stanford have like a hundred, you know, multiple hundred million dollar, like, um, shoot, what's the word for it? Endowment. Mm. And, you know, he's like, I don't know anything about endowments and I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole because I didn't really learn much about it either. What I got out of it was that basically when somebody donates money to you, they donate it with very strict stipulations and you can't use the money for other things. I feel like, I feel like COVID and a pandemic and the financial fallout from this maybe would lead to what I hope will be kind of a, a revisiting some of those guidelines and maybe you find ways to expand how you might be able to use that yeah. money because Jesus, if that's what it's for, like, yeah, how do you justify having hundreds of millions of dollars in endowment money? And it's like, well, no, sorry. Yeah. We got to cut, we gotta cut rowing. Yeah. Fuck you, fancy. Yeah, finances is a whole other racket. Yeah. So we're not going to go down that. No. Nope. We, we are going to uh, wish, again, all the Akron Blue Liners, wherever your blue line may be uh, this week, uh, wish you nothing but the best and um, for you to stay safe and strong out there. So, Adam, it was fun. Uh, we missed last week, and we almost missed this week because you have, <laughs> like, the original iMac. I do. And um, it's, he stole it from a computer lab in elementary school in 1996. It's never given it back. And I couldn't uh, get Apple stock, so I just bought the original <laughs> Apple. Dude, I mean, just pl like plug your microphone into your phone or something. It'd be way better than what you do now. We might have to, well, let's put a pin in that. We might have to revisit that as a possible solution for me too, because my internet provider sucks. But <laughs> uh, so everybody, thank you for uh, joining along with us. And uh, hopefully you finish your race by the time I end this. And because it, it's the longest endings ever here at Rust Belt Running. Uh, stay safe, stay clean, stay home stay home for the love of god wear your mask oh register to vote I, please thank you please I was, I was thinking about that and i was gonna forget it as i said this tag actually legitimately th this is legitimate yes. if Go. any of our listeners have questions like hey i need to register or i have concerns about my absentee ballot and you don't know where to turn reach out i will research 
I'm not saying I'm an expert in any of this, but I will take the time to personally try to find whatever information you need. Um, you know, whether it's like absentee balloting, how you can drop your absentee ballot up, what you need to do to register to vote. If you need anything, I will take time out of my schedule to try to find the information that you need. The deadline to register to vote in the state of Ohio is Monday, October 5th. The deadline for registering by mail to vote postmarked don't cut okay fuck that don't cut it that close all right uh but the deadline to register on uh wait <laughs> register by mail to vote is also monday october 5th so monday october 5th is a very 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 important day register to vote and request your absentee ballot monday october 5th that's your deadline do it before then it is what is it today it's the 22nd dang i i know it's the 25th that we're posting this yeah you have one week uh do it today yeah Uh, yeah yeah, do it today just pretend today is the deadline register to vote and arrest the cops who killed brianna taylor for the love of god